0: and thanks for listening to 90,000 Hours I'm your host and producer Robin Landy Today's episode features Madison Jane, a hairstylist living and working in Asheville, North Carolina Thank you as always to Eric Kuhn for the use of his music in this episode If you'd like to hear Eric's story and all about his experience of working as a film composer, go back and check out episode one with Eric If you'd like to support our work you can donate to our Patreon The link for that is in the episode description Thanks so much for listening I fell into hairstyling as a teenager. I was kind of lost. I was a theater geek and we moved to a town that didn't really have much theater. And so I didn't really have a path beyond that of what I wanted to do. From theater, I enjoyed playing dress up and doing my friend's hair and makeup for our dances. So that's kind of what sparked that creative outlet. And then one of my first jobs in high school was working at an Ulta Beauty doing makeup. And there were just some powerful queens there that were really influential with their artistry, with hair and makeup. And they kind of gave me the nudge of, hey, have you ever considered going to beauty school? And at that time, it never even crossed my mind. My junior year in high school, I tested out early thanks to my mother and her support and at 16 started beauty school. I've been doing hair now for 14 and a half years, just about closer to 15. I'm currently a master stylist and texture specialist at Ananda West. We kind of fled here during COVID we were from California and I had my own private studio there. And with everything closing down, it kind of came down to where can I have a job? My partner and I had our eyes set on Asheville, and I had been stalking all the salons in the area for quite some time and came across Ananda through some friends' referrals and their values and ethics really aligned with mine, especially during these times of just taking extra protocols to keep everyone safe. Yeah, now I've been at Ananda for just under a year and we're slammed, man. Ever since people started getting their vaccines, it's just nonstop. So I'm really grateful to be in a new town at a time like now that we can be, Really busy. So, on an average day, I see anywhere between six and eight people. I try to keep it at about six. I think energetically, that's my max of just having so many conversations and interactions with people. It's definitely a big energetic exchange doing hair. Some people are great at just crushing heads all day, 10 plus or more. But yeah, I like to keep it about six. I think just like in an intimate setting, that is about my comfort zone. The hair industry is pretty incredible that there's a lot of different avenues and areas that folks can focus on. I've tried to stray away from kind of hyper-focusing in any one direction or creating like a tunnel. I try to mainly focus my education on all types of different hair color and styling and hair cutting. I kind of break everything down to haircutting is geometry, shapes, lines, elevation. Coloring is like chemistry, mixing of chemicals and styling. I look at is almost like architecture. Like as long as you have a strong foundation, you create any kind of structure. So I think every Avenue has its own challenges and kind of challenges different parts of your brain and, and the way that you go about things. So I really like having kind of uh, freedom when it comes to creativity by not just focusing on one thing where some stylists are specialized in just haircutting or just coloring or just being session stylists. The last 15 years, I've been able to really play with with all of those things and and creating like a nice even platform um, when it comes to my skill sets and because they all create a beautiful marriage together. The hair industry is a very intimate setting. There's not very many industries where you physically touch somebody outside of your doctor or a massage therapist. Generally, those industries, you're not just having a casual conversation all the time. Massage, you're usually quiet. Doctor, you're usually talking about something that's physically going on in your body. So having that intimate space with somebody where you're touching them and hopefully creating a safe and comfortable space, people do tend to open up a lot sometimes because we have that disconnect from their day-to-day life, their family, friends, because there's that disconnect people can almost feel more confident to open up to us since they know it's not going to get back to any of those sources, most likely. So, yeah, there's definitely a feeling of being a, a therapist sometimes. <laughs> and I think that goes back to my boundaries and limitations energetically of interacting with no more than 6 people a day cuz sometimes our conversations can get really heavy especially with what's going on in our world right now and and it's it's incredible to be able to have these conversations especially when a lot of people are isolated and working from home and I've been very grateful to have that space to connect with people and yes it is it is a lot especially I I see myself as an empath and I I care, you know, and it's hard not to care. And when people are going through hard times in their life and they bring that up, you know, it takes a lot of grounding practices, you know, keeping my feet on the floor and not getting too, too much in a headspace to take all that home. And it's impossible not to, I think it does take a constant mindful practice to somehow be able to separate work from home and not have it all like <laughs> meshed together. I think it's important to be able to, to read the room, to read your client. Everybody has a different journey, you know, when it comes to their hair and this might be the only time they're away from their kids and being able to talk to an adult during the day and, and be chatty Cathy's. And some people, this might be their only time to be away from their kids and not talk to anybody. And so I think it's important to be able to create a safe space for the guests to have whatever kind of experience they want. If they want to be quiet, read a book, be quiet, enjoy just being pet, and <laughs> getting your hair done. I think it's great when people are able to be transparent with me of just like, I just want to be quiet. And sometimes we just get into those quiet spaces where we're just enjoying each other's company. I definitely work faster when I'm not talking. When my business is kind of based on hourly rates, it does help the guest a little bit more (laughs) if we're not um, being too chatty. I've seen hairstylists post things about, let me know if you want to have a quiet experience and that's okay, you know, and just kind of opening up that dialogue with our guests of like, don't feel any pressure to have to have a conversation with me this whole time. And really just creating space to just be able to comfortably have transparency with our guests, I think is really important and to be flexible on our end and to be able to listen or take the hints, you know? And some people just wanna put in their AirPods and just have this moment to decompress and enjoy the self-care aspect of it. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely a choose your own adventure and, and very different from person to person. I definitely have my own insecurities And so sometimes when somebody is completely quiet, and especially nowadays with masks, I'm not able to see if they're smiling under there. So sometimes I get a little awkward and just like so or like just trying to like create some sort of conversation to like get a feel of how they're liking their experience or liking their hair um so sometimes i'm just like yeah this looks great right like kind of just like trying to nudge at them because yeah some people are a little bit harder to read than others the most stressful and challenging aspects of hairstyling that I've run into is just communicating. Peopling is hard and words can be hard and creating a picture, especially during our consultation, trying to come up with a game plan with somebody's hair, especially in a time where we just have so much access to everything, the Pinterest, the Instagrams, it definitely can sometimes give people false expectations of what can and can't happen with their hair because there's so many different layers to achieving a hairstyle. A challenge that I've experienced of if somebody doesn't have photo reference, just trying to create a verbal picture when everybody's description words, everybody's thoughts on violet red may have such a different span across like different people of what that visually looks like. I think when it comes down to it, it's communication. And then at, when somebody's unhappy, you know, like where did we go wrong in that communication and not hit their expectations? That's probably one of the, the biggest challenges. Secondly, it's it's hard on our bodies. It's a very physically demanding job. And I think burnout is very easy since it's a industry around pleasing others. And I know I've struggled with saying no and overworking myself and allowing my body to rest and actually, have days to let go. And, you know, with that comes like carpal tunnel and neck and shoulder and back and feet, you know, the whole line. So, that's on a personal level been something that I've worked on over the years of just having a good practice outside of work to make sure that my body can withstand being on my feet and having my arms generally raised about shoulder level and, um, working on heads all day. I think there's a few things within the industry that can be considered problematic. I mean, beauty industry as a whole can be pretty problematic when it comes to beauty standards and what people consider beautiful. Some things that initially come to mind that I've been discussing a lot is just the amount of white supremacy that is at the very core of beauty standards and what hair is considered beautiful or professional or well-kept. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for textured hair. We've been taught that straight hair is beautiful, that long hair is what's feminine. And I think that only leaves space for such a small percentage of people to the point that textured hair, for the most part, isn't even taught in beauty school. So a lot of people have issues their whole lives of trying to find somebody who can take care of textured hair and when it's not even a part of our basic education, it's not required to be a licensed professional. You don't need to know those things. So I think that is really one of the biggest things on my mind constantly of how do we break down those biases and those stigmas. When it comes to taking care of textured hair because that doesn't even affect just people of the global majority it affects every person it's not just brown folks that have textured hair so when it's not something that is being educated that's um, very problematic and and very harmful on top of that just the beauty industry as a whole for so long, we've been taught our curly hair, our textured hair isn't beautiful. And now we see it becoming a little bit more acceptable. You see more and more influencers rocking their natural hair. And now it's just being capitalized on where there's a lot of misinformation on how to take care of curly hair, textured hair. There's also just a lot of gimmicky things of like buy all this and you can only do this and there's a lot of shame that's wrapped up around it of just like oh if you don't follow this then good luck because not enough people are educated on it hairstylists mainly when it comes to the consumers there's a lot of people just again capitalizing on that This industry is truly the most fun job. I've met some of the most insane, rowdy, amazing, creative people over my time of doing hair. There's just so many different avenues that you can go through. And I've been able to have that freedom and flexibility to explore a lot of those avenues like doing hair for fashion week and runway shows doing hair for tv um educating there's just so much to it and so it's not like a typical job where it's just like this is your place of work always there's really just an endless amount of possibilities of where you can take your career and that's so fun you don't get to hear of that very often and so at the end of the day i couldn't imagine doing anything else because i just i get to hang out with cool people and help them love themselves a little bit more and feel good about themselves I have so many people that have never had a good experience in the chair and it's it's so wonderful like one of our front desk people the other day the salon manager she had mentioned she was like all your people look so relieved when they leave here and it's just such a wonderful thing to hear that people just like just get a little like weight off their shoulders and can just feel good about themselves, especially when there's just so many things in our world and our society that tell us not to love ourselves. It's, it's really special to be able to create that space for people to love themselves a little bit more. I think I've been able to experience so many uplifting, wonderful moments over a decade and a half of doing hair. An occurrence that sticks out to me would be I had at the time been working in Southern California in San Diego and this mom and daughter came down from Long Beach. So that's anywhere between a two to three hour drive for a haircut. So they're driving six hours to hang out for an hour. And what they had run into her daughter was 10 years old and wanted to shave the side of her head. It's very much something that you see all over the place these days. And they kept getting turned away by other hairstylists saying, oh, she's too young or, you know, putting their own biases on this family and this little girl that just wanted to do something fun and rowdy with her hair. And I was so, so grateful for her mom to not not take no for an answer, and to continue pushing and finding somebody that would create this vision for her little person to be able to creatively express themselves through their hair. And I think that's something that is really important as a hairstylist. Like we are beauty influencers and we can influence in a positive way and we can influence in a negative way. And I think that is definitely my responsibility is to work really hard to not shed my own insecurities or my own biases on other people. And of course, if something's majorly not going to work, I've gotten way better at saying no, you know, and not just like pleasing. And so it is important to be able to tell somebody that something may or may not work for their hair. But when it comes to oh, I don't think that'll look good and it's not anything like completely outrageous. I think you got to keep that to yourself because you can really create some complexes for people and not necessarily realize it or or know how harmful that can be. Yeah, that experience was years ago and it, it still sticks to me because there was a lot of ageism in that too of just, oh, she's too young for that haircut. And... I hear the same thing of oh I'm too old for that haircut and I try to eliminate if oh my face is too round or I'm too old or I am too this like if something is building a fire within you that you really want to express yourself through I want to be able to support that as much as I can A big takeaway that I've I've experienced through the years is is just learning boundaries and transparency and advocating for yourself. I've had a lot of experiences of roadblocks or just not being in an environment that fully supports you and up- uplifts you and learning that it is out there. Sometimes you just gotta get out of your comfort zones. I've found that a lot of times our comfort zones may just be what we know. It may not be the most energetically uplifting. I think that's like a big takeaway, especially through this last year with COVID and just really seeing how fragile this industry can be that there's just, there's no room to not be somewhere that that fully supports you and uplifts you and, aligns with your values and ethics and that goes down to your clientele too there's so many people in this world and there's so many people that need to get their hair done and there's truly somebody for everyone and so learning that it's okay to say no or referring someone to another stylist that may suit them better or advocating for yourself of, Hey, you may like to work 60 hours a week and I don't. And that doesn't make me less enthusiastic about this work or, or less motivated to do a good job or become successful. And that's something that I've really struggled with along with imposter syndrome and, you know, the whole line of things that can really kind of beat you down, especially when it comes to creative work. It, it, it's hard to not take things personal and it's hard to not compare ourselves and our work to others. And so just learning to be able to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I I try to base things on, is it doing too much to me than it is for me? And if it's doing too much to me, maybe I can find another option to be able to do more for me And, and not in a sense of kind of getting the upper hand of things but just an even energetic exchange. I had this amazing mentor for a really long time that I learned so much from, not just when it comes to hair but just in life. Toward the end of of working with that person it just became toxic because their their work ethic was so much on a different level than mine. They were just like such an extremist and just always said yes to everything to the point that I don't know if it was the healthiest, you know, but they were grinding and they were doing really great. And I had to learn that that is not me. It took me a long time to learn that that's okay and that I'm not less than and and that I can still, you know, be successful in this industry and not live to the person next to me's standards, even if I admire that person so much. Work-life balance has definitely been something that I've struggled with and s- kind of seeing that okay that's that's the standard you know that you just grind all the time there's so many other things that I love doing I love dancing I love art I love crafting I love just not working and spending time like outside and hanging out with people so that is something that I've constantly struggled with in this industry and I think for so long I did allow myself the space to travel and do other things and do freelance work and do things that weren't necessarily paying the bills but were really fun and so I have noticed that change over time like especially like my late teens through my 20s of just being a little bit more free when it came to how much I was working versus how much I was playing. And now as I'm in my early thirties, my goals and values have definitely shifted. And so work plays a different part in that, you know, it's like, I'm trying to buy a house, so I should probably work a little bit more to be able to like go towards those goals. It is interesting. And I think that's the nice bit of the hair industry where it's flexible you know, like I can really kind of allow this industry to like ebb and flow as my life ebbs and flows. I was feeling so burnout out last year and not sure if I was going to stay in the industry because I didn't know that there could be an, a hair industry during a pandemic. I didn't know there were safe ways to be able to touch strangers all day for a living during a global pandemic. There were very many moments of just like looking for other jobs during the closures and trying to think of just like, what the heck am I going to do? Like, you know, like do I go back to school and kind of back on the therapy thing? That's the only other industry I could realistically see myself getting into was therapy because I feel like it goes so hand in hand with doing hair and just being able to talk to people. I've always wanted to be an advocate for mental wellness and having a mental wellness practice. I think talking to your hairstylist can be a good first step for a lot of people of just being able to open up. So that was definitely an industry that I've considered and have not totally written off. I think it'd be really fun to create maybe even like an actual like therapy practice, I would be like actually educated on being a life coach to be able to be more active in helping folks have the educational background to actually be able to like guide people when they do open up because they open up a lot.